Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today, we'll be continuing our studies in 2 Corinthians, and we'll be in chapter number 2. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think back. This is our third, I believe, installment of studies in this chapter, and we'll be in verse number 5 and probably read down through verse number 7, maybe verse number 8 today, and we'll look into what the Bible has to say for us. Now, if you have missed any of our Bible studies, I often encourage you to do this, but if you've not yet, please go subscribe to our podcast, Striving for Revival. It's available wherever podcasts are found, uh, iTunes, Spotify, other places, and it's free. Just subscribe, and then you'll have instant access to every Bible study that we have done. Now, we've gone through most of the New Testament verse by verse and much of the Old Testament we've gone through, and we've done topical studies as well, and those are all available on the podcast. The thing about the podcast is when life gets busy and you're not able to catch us as we air on your radio, you can always find me there on the podcast. And you can rewind, you can pause, you can fast forward, you can skip, you can go back and re-listen. And I believe that might help you as you study along. I know as I travel, many of you will say, Brother Cooper, I get to listen to you and I'm studying my Bible with you. In fact, somebody told me not long ago, thank you for how you do that. It's just so, make it so plain and we can understand what it's saying. And I think often the case is, and I just say this because I know me, but often the case is when we read Sometimes we don't, I don't know what the word would be, we don't stay long enough on a passage to comprehend. Or we might get a general idea, and yet there'll be some things in the verses that we don't quite get, but we're okay to just move on to the next. And then we leave without having the full understanding of what we just read. And I've done that, and I think probably you would say you've done that as well. So my goal is not to let that happen to us as we read together, and we just need to look at what the Bible has to say. If there's a phrase there or something, you say, well, I don't quite get that. I want to I try to help us get that with God helping me. And uh, I believe that uh, some of you have told me that, so I know that uh, we've been able to help with that, and I appreciate you listening. So if you've not gotten the podcast yet, make sure you do that, and it'll help as we study our Bibles together. Now, Second Corinthians chapter chapter 2, verse number 1, we'll read just because of context. Paul is on the defense, and we know that. Paul had said in 1 Corinthians, the end of the chapter, he had planned to come to Corinth to visit, and he's yet to make it. And because Paul's been delayed, he's being doubted. There are some in the Corinthian church who no doubt were trying to undermine Paul's preaching using Paul's absence, saying Paul's not genuine, he cannot be trusted, he is not authentic, he doesn't really care, or else Paul would be here. And so that bothered Paul. And Paul's having to defend himself and saying, you know what, I haven't come yet because if I had come too soon, I would have come in the wrong spirit. And so in verse number one, he tells us, but I determined this with myself that I would not come again to you in heaviness. I've made up my mind, he said, when I come, I'm coming in the right spirit. For if I make you sorry, who is he then that maketh me glad? But the same which is made sorry by me, 
And I wrote this same unto you, lest when I came, I should have sorrow from them of whom I ought to rejoice. He said, I don't want to come to you and, and find uh, you, know, you who ought to be a blessing to my life or what's burdening me and bring bitterness to my life. He said, no, I want to make sure you have a chance to get your sin right. I want to make sure I have a chance to get my spirit right so that whenever we get together, it can be a glad reunion and not some kind of uh, family feud. He said, I don't want that to happen. He said, so I want to make sure that I'm right. I want to make sure you're right. And that when I come, it's a good time together around the things of God. He said, having confidence in you all that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote unto you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. So we talked about that last Bible study that Paul is revealing his disposition. Even though they doubted, even though they were misdirecting and pulling out a straw man and arguing over that, saying Paul didn't come, Paul must not care. He said, hey, now listen, I want you to understand something. I wrote to you, and not, a, not from a seat of scorn, but of a, a place of sorrow. I wrote with much tears, much affliction. My heart was in anguish. And he said, I want you to know I wasn't correcting you, chastising you, because I hate you. I was correcting you because I love you. And we talked about that last Bible study, how that correction shows the one being corrected somebody cares. Chastisement shows us that somebody cares. God chastises us when we sin because of his father-son relationship with us. That shows the love. And I talked about how our society is so twisted and so such in such turmoil today because we've gotten away from that principle. We, we, we've, we've changed the thing. We think correction is hate. We think that discipline is hate. We think that authority is hate. And we now we, we think tolerance is love and acceptance is love and overlooking is love and giving a pass is love. And uh, we, we think that just uh, letting anything go and never any kind of uh, answering for that, no kind of a, uh, um, no, no kind of accountability, we think now that is what love is. That's not love. It is not love to let people shoplift in California and have no ramifications if they steal $999 worth of stuff. That is not love. You are just creating a more hardened criminal. That's, that is not love. If you loved those people, you'd correct them so they could learn and get right. And we talked about that last Bible study. Now, verse number five, look what Paul says, and this is, this is a powerful thing. But if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part, that I may not overcharge you all. That is a big boy spiritual statement. I think Paul had probably had to pray a while before he could pin that by inspiration. I think Paul probably had to get right a few times if he's like you and I before he pinned that under inspiration. Paul is saying, hey, listen, there's been problems in the church. I know that. There's been sin that's not even nice to mention in public. There's been petty differences. You've doubted me. You've slandered. He said, but listen, if anybody's caused grief, you've not grieved me. Now, I want to say, Paul, you don't mean that. And probably there was a moment when he didn't, but when he wrote this verse, he did. He'd grown to the place where he did not allow himself to live in hurt. He did not allow himself to live in wronged. He did not allow himself to live in being disappointed. Paul said, hey, listen, I've gotten over it. I've gotten past it. I've given it to the Lord. And he said, I want you to know, if you grieved me, I'm, I'm okay. Grieved maybe in part. He said, I don't want to overcharge you. I said, I don't want to overreact. You and I need to be careful in that department 
that we don't react in the heat of a situation. Often overreaction comes from quick reaction. We overreact when we underthink and underpray and underweight and undermeditate and underconsider and all these other things. We overreact. When we let the flesh respond, the flesh is a horrible first responder. He's always on call and he's ready to go. But man, he's a horrible first responder. When the flesh shows up first at the scene of a disagreement, when the flesh shows up first at the scene of a tragedy, when the flesh shows up first at the scene of a problem, he might be the quickest first responder, but he never handles the situation right. He hardly revives it. There's usually a casualty when the flesh is the first responder. So Paul said, hey, listen, I don't want to overcharge you all. And I like that. You and I would do well to learn from that, to be slow, to pray, to wait, to not respond until after we've sought the face of God and let God do some work in our heart. Look what he said in verse six, sufficient to such a man is this punishment, which was inflicted of many talking about the sin from first Corinthians. You can refer back uh, to that book and read about, uh, no doubt the specific situation. There's many situations, but the specific situation, uh, that he's talking about. Uh, so he said sufficient to such a man is the punishment, which was inflicted of many so that contrarywise, you ought rather to forgive him. Now look what Paul's preaching. He's not saying vengeance or get it even. He's saying, forgive, forgive him. And watch this comfort him lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him. Paul is saying this. I don't want that person cast out. I don't want that person cast aside. I don't want them to be a casualty or a statistic or a illustration. I want to make sure that we love them back to the Lord, that we care about them back to Christ, that we overtake such an one, considering ourselves, right? That we would uplift that one who has fallen down and keep them in the fight. We don't need another soldier on the sideline. We need every soldier on the battlefield. And you and I would do well. Hey, when somebody slips and somebody falls and somebody messes up, we ought to be there. A just man falleth, but he riseth up again. And we ought to overtake those, undertake those that have been overtaken in a fault and seek to restore them. Well, that's all of our time for today. Join me next broadcast, and until then, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.